In the past two days, a number of major tech companies have taken a stand in Hong Kong after China imposed a sweeping new national security law there. That law gives China greater powers to crack down on actions it sees as threats. It includes provisions that allow Hong Kong authorities to target dissent, both in person and online. In response to this new law, Google, Facebook, and Twitter said they would stop complying with government requests to hand over user data. And today, TikTok announced that it would pull its app out of the city entirely. You have these big, you know, well-known tech companies that have very rapidly come up against Beijing imposing new rules on Hong Kong. They're having to choose between doing what Beijing wants them to do and risk alienating their consumers or standing by their consumers and risk alienating Beijing. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Tuesday, July 7th. Coming up on the show, why tech giants are pushing back in Hong Kong. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com AI for people. The new national security law has significantly changed the rights of Hong Kong citizens, especially when it comes to freedom of expression. Until the national security law passed, people have thought about political speech much as people do in, say, the U.S. Unless you're inciting violence or practicing hate speech, people have been free to express their political opinions. Our colleague Newly Purnell covers technology from Hong Kong. And so now the national security law has come into effect and there are these mandates that say you can't undermine state security, national security, however that's defined. What it seems that that means is that you can't speak out against Beijing's rule over the city. And so you have what had been a very open window for political speech narrowing to such an extent that people don't know what they can say. For example, a song that demonstrators have used in past demonstrations that may have nothing to do with anything political, it's just a rallying cry. Is that allowed now? No one knows. So what have you seen so far in Hong Kong in terms of how this law has been actually enforced since it was passed? There have been a few arrests made of demonstrators who, before the national security law, what they were doing was legal, and now simply holding signs protesting for, say, the independence of Hong Kong or against China can be deemed as a national security threat. So there have been demonstrators already arrested under the new guidelines for doing what would have been permissible before. And this crackdown on free speech is spilling over to the Internet. 
for all these years, Hong Kong has had a completely unfettered version of the internet. It's not subject to the great firewall that people in China have to deal with. And so we noticed even in the run-up to the law, and then certainly after it came into effect last week, that citizens here had begun scrubbing their social media profiles. So people here use Facebook, they use Twitter, they use messaging apps a lot, and people had been going out and removing material that they had posted online because they were afraid that what they had posted that was legal at the time could be used against them once the law came into effect. After the law was passed, Hong Kong quickly implemented new rules that allowed police to go after anyone suspected of making posts online that threatened China's national security. Social media companies could be required to delete such posts or hand over data to authorities about who was behind them. Big tech companies could be asked to provide whatever information they have on users. Depending on the service, it could be their IP address, the email address they signed up with. What it stipulates, part of it is that tech companies have to monitor and regulate their platforms more closely, and they may have to give details on their users to the Beijing-controlled Hong Kong government here. But as these new rules were rolled out over the past few days, tech companies started to push back. Telegram, which is a a Dubai-based messaging app that many protesters have used here, said that they were going to pause reviewing requests that they got from the local government after the new national security law had been implemented. They said they were going to stop, we're going to press pause on reviewing these requests for user data. Telegram's announcement made Newly wonder how other tech companies would respond to the new rules. I just began asking their counterparts, WhatsApp, Facebook, Twitter, what they were going to do about this. So I was just in touch with the PR person for WhatsApp here in Asia, and she said, let me think about our response, and then came back several hours later, and I started to read it, and it was sort of hard to believe because normally you get canned responses that have a lot of marketing speak, and this just very clearly said, we're pressing pause on reviewing these requests, and uh, we have concerns about what this all means, and we're studying it. WhatsApp's parent company, Facebook, told Newly the same thing. And so did Twitter and Google. The platforms all said that if Hong Kong authorities asked them to share personal data about their users, they would refuse to comply, at least for now. Why were the companies overall saying that they were going to pause complying with these requests? Well, in their statements to us, they said that they had worries about humanitarian concerns, that they support their users' right to express themselves, they support freedom of speech, and that they are studying it until they can determine exactly what the law means and whether any of their users might be in danger. But these rules to hand over user data to law enforcement aren't totally unique. Many countries around the world have similar rules in place, and tech companies have been complying. Well, in the U.S., for example, if police come to Facebook and say this person is making specific threats to violence, in some cases they would provide information on that. Uh, In some countries where certain political or uh, members of royal family are protected and there are laws on the books that say you can't defame or speak ill of these protected figures, the police can go to them and say, you know, we need to know who this person is, and they comply with those rules. So essentially, whatever the local rules say that when there is reason for the police to be able to determine who someone is, that the platforms are compelled to cooperate with that. So then what's different about Hong Kong? It sounds like a kind of a similar situation in these other countries. 
Right. I think the difference is you have, you know, what many view as an unfair rule, a capricious rule, fast moving, implemented quickly without many citizens understanding it, being implemented by a country that geopolitically people have concerns about, particularly in the West. And so it's a confluence of these companies saying we want to stand by our users who have been using the platform in a legal way, but also they have ideological or principles in terms of free speech and political expression that they've decided that they want to stand up for in this case. Standing up for these principles, though, puts these companies on a collision course with the Chinese government. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Welcome back. While tech companies have drawn praise from activists for their stand against the new national security law in Hong Kong, their decision comes with some risk because it could draw the ire of the Chinese government. And a showdown with China can have real business consequences, like in one case last year with the NBA. An executive with an NBA team posted on Twitter support of the Hong Kong protests. And in response, China did not broadcast some NBA games in China. Chinese sponsors cut ties with the Houston Rockets, the team where the executive worked. And the team's merchandise was taken offline. The league estimated that it would lose hundreds of millions of dollars as a result. Clearly, companies all over the world are cognizant of the commercial power that China has. Whether they operate in China or not, it's a massive market, growing economic power. And so these companies, even if they don't have direct operations within China, oftentimes they have business dealings that are connected. So for example, Chinese companies advertise on Twitter and Facebook, even though those services are not allowed in China, those big global Chinese tech companies may buy digital ads on some of these platforms. And so these companies don't want to upset Beijing for no good reason. But at the same time, they do expressly say, we want our users to be able to express themselves. How do you think Beijing might respond? Well, some analysts have speculated that Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp could be banned here. The local government could say to Google and Apple, in your app stores, you can't offer Twitter or Facebook or WhatsApp anymore. That's a possibility. And you have to think that these companies have contemplated that as a potential outcome. Companies may face blowback from China if they ultimately decide not to cooperate. But if they do cooperate, they could face blowback from another direction— from the U.S. It happened before, in 2007. One case that no doubt executives will recall is that Yahoo in China years ago was asked by Beijing because they were operating in China to give information on a dissident, and Yahoo agreed to that, and the dissident was jailed. Yahoo got sued by the family of the man who was jailed. And Yahoo's CEO was later called before Congress to testify about the company's decision to hand over the data to the Chinese government. In that hearing, lawmakers attacked the company for its decision. Yahoo did wrong. 
Yahoo collaborated with the Chinese police apparatus in the imprisonment of a freedom-loving Chinese journalist. Do you agree with that? Mr. Chairman, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. We... No, I'm not asking you to understand. And so, you know, Yahoo came under fire in the U.S. for essentially selling out its user who had been shielded previously from the government, you know, who they were forced to disclose information on and had real-world implications. Since then, many tech companies like Facebook, Twitter, and Google have largely sided with the U.S. and have been blocked in mainland China. But other companies have tried to strike a more delicate balance, like TikTok, a popular app in the U.S. that's owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. For many years, the U.S. government has been skeptical of TikTok and has even suggested that the Chinese government could use it to spy on U.S. citizens. But even TikTok has made moves in response to the national security law in Hong Kong. On Monday, the company announced that it would be pulling out of Hong Kong entirely in light of, quote, recent developments. And that came as a surprise because they are a Chinese company. And they're saying that they are studying it and are dismayed. And I think one of the factors at play there, it's not a huge market for them. And I think the other issue is that they want to be thought of, ByteDance and TikTok, as a global tech company. And so perhaps they thought, well, these U.S. Silicon Valley companies are saying we have a problem with this new security law in Hong Kong. Maybe we should do the same, make a similar move, and people will see that we are you know, not just a Chinese company that's willing to follow Chinese laws in the city of Hong Kong, but that we are a global tech company and that people should think of us that way. In other words, they're trying to signal their independence from the Chinese government. Yeah, that would be one interpretation. Do you think that all these developments over the past week suggest that Hong Kong is becoming more and more like mainland China? I think that would be a sensible conclusion. And I would also watch what happens with potential censorship on the internet. That's another issue people are watching. If we start to see search results change or if some of these platforms are policed more closely, it's certainly a worry among a lot of people here that this is just the first step in Hong Kong becoming just like any other Chinese city. A lot of industries and businesses that rely on Hong Kong are in this moment of uncertainty, and they're watching what's playing out with these tech companies. What do you think the lessons will be for other industries as they watch what happens to tech? Difficult decisions will have to be made. If there are problematic political issues and occurrences in Hong Kong, will banks and financial services organizations who have depended on Hong Kong as a gateway to China, will they decide that for political reasons or because of logistical purposes or for ideological purposes that can't be in Hong Kong anymore. That's a possibility. A lot of our reporting has shown that just in the last weeks and months, as some of this has started to take shape, that some of these companies with offices here have started to look at other locations within Asia because the political risk and the uncertainty is too great. Earlier today, Microsoft and Zoom announced that they too would temporarily stop complying with data requests from authorities in Hong Kong.
That's all for today, Tuesday, July 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.